Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. This is the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 136. My name is Jeff. Let me introduce you to our Hope crew tonight. With me, the guy that I think somehow has eyes in the back of his head yet fails to use them dw how you doing man i'm fine and uh i i don't have eyes on the back of my head but i am amazed that horses have eyes on the side of their heads that is always an interesting true fun fact they have two complete fields of vision and they understand it so don't ever call a horse dumb because they have two complete field of visions and they know what's going on what other animals have eyes that are like that several do i mean animals that are usually animals of prey i mean that they get chased Mm-hmm. They have eyes on the side of the head because they just have to turn their head a little and they can see 360 around them. Like a water buffalo? Yeah, probably. I, I don't know what one looks like, but <laughs> possibly if the eyes are on the side of their head. The predators uh, have eyes in the front because the, both of their eyes focus on a single object. And that gives them death perception and all that kind of stuff. A, a horse is an animal that's chased, a zebra, etc., and they have eyes on the side of their head and and their ears swivel so that they can protect themselves by listening all around them and then they just swivel their head a little bit and they can see around them very quickly a hundred you know 360 degrees and how they understand two fields of visions at once i don't know see there are some things in life i'm confused by that's one of them i I would never be able to grasp that but i know it's true i just can't grasp it myself because did you ever try and see two things at once and focus on them once in a while but it's really it's really hard i mean because especially when you talk about depth perception, I can't I can't do one close and one far. That doesn't work for me. Yeah, well, I grew up blonde, and it makes me feel blonde when I do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so all the blonde people just turned off their radios. I understand that. <laughs> I'm blonde, Dave. I mean, that's okay. well, insult to my people. Yeah, it kind of makes you blonde. When you, when you try and focus on two things at once, <laughs> you're a little bit confused. And uh, that's that's not a great state to be in. But Horses can do it. You know, I mean, it's quite amazing. That's why, have you ever wondered why you always work on the left side of a horse? That's the side of, of vision that they are used to you working on. Oh. So that's why you do it. When you go to the other side, it's a whole other field of vision for them. Interesting. So you can surprise them over there. Now, is that the horse's left or your left facing the horse? It would be as if I'm standing um, behind the horse. Uh, it would be on the left then. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm looking the same direction as the horse. So you would always work on the left side on that, in that perspective. Hey, one horse that I'd like to have in the race is joining us on the show tonight. Mike Jewell is back. <laughs> nice segue, man. I know. <laughs> Mike, Mike is, the, is the director of Relational Integrity. Mike, I just want to welcome you back to the show. Oh, it's great to be back. Uh, I do have eyes in the front of my head, so I guess that makes me a predator. So, That's right. <laughs> I'm not sure, but anyway, but it's uh, it's good to be with you guys again. Yeah, and so Relational Integrity offers online personal development curriculum at relationalintegrity 
life. And one of the things that they offer is called the Trek. And you can also check out information on the Trek at thetrek.org. So, Mike, we had you on the show about five episodes or so. I'm not really keeping count, but uh, roughly a month ago. And so is anything new going on in your world? What's happening in, in the world of Mike Jewell lately? Oh, it's, it's been great. We've been working with some churches, uh, helping uh, churches get set up for the fall. A lot of churches start their discipleship programs in the fall. And uh, they're looking to uh, increase uh, you know, the volunteerism. They're looking to cut down on maybe the squabbling uh, between uh, members of the church. Uh, they're looking to maybe increase their giving. And uh, one thing that we found and we were able to go through our, our Trek program uh, in churches is we're able to see help churches correct those problems. And uh, we even got a couple churches that says, hey, we're going to make this a part of our DNA of our church where they want all the members to go through the program so that they can uh, have a good understanding of how the past has affected their behaviors today. It gives them a lot of strength and, and is part of their discipleship program. So we've been doing some uh, good things. We're, we're very pleased with that. So that's where we're at now. Tonight we want to talk about, to some degree, there's clarity, and then to some degree there is this confusion. And Dave, as you and I have been talking, there are a lot of things today I think that need to be addressed that just aren't being addressed and a lot of people, as as we've talked with and that we've just been seeing different headlines, different things going on in the news, that there is a high degree of confusion. I mean, let me just give you one example of the way that I'm confused about some things in this world today. I don't understand why the Chicago Bears continue to show up for the next season to training camp. I, I, I just don't. I don't understand that, Dave. There is no rationale for that one. I can't help you. Another one that just kind of came to mind was, uh, I don't know if you've ever had one of these like cheap suits or, you know, suits that had fake pockets, but like why, why clothing designers think that fake pockets are okay? Yeah. I can't figure that out. Especially when I keep trying to put my hand in it. Exactly. I I don't get that. Except for once, you know what? I don't have very many fancy clothes. And and once I was trying to, uh, I, I was complaining about this suit jacket because I couldn't get my hand in the pocket. I said, fake pocket. And a business guy came over me and said, it's not fake. You just got to cut the threads out of it. I go, no that- kidding. For all these years, I've been <laughs> mad at the stupid pocket. And and yeah, it was a complete pocket. It was just sewn shut on both sides. I guess they do that for in fancy suit coats or something. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And then you got to cut the strings and then you got the pocket. So I'm not yeah. sure why they do that. But <laughs> this guy was most gracious. He said it very quietly to me because I was moaning about it. And it's like, hello. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Why they do that, I don't know. But now if I get a jacket and so I, I look and say, oh, just, you know, now I'm the experienced guy. You just got to cut the strings. I mean, it's no big deal. So as, as, as some young guys trying to put something in a pocket that's just sewn shut. Why do they do that? Why yeah. do they sew them shut? I'm not sure even. Well, and then you get one that's not even a pocket. You cut it and it like cuts through the whole thing. And you're like, now I got to get a new suit. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, yeah, you can put your hand right through the fabric then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's terrible. That would be the worst day of my life. You know, I got to get a new suit now. It's just. Yeah. You know what? People are confused when there's way too many voices saying way too many things about things they don't really know. In other words, when opinion trumps um, facts, we're in trouble. And uh, anybody can have an opinion about anything. I can, I can talk to you today about what the best engine is for a car. I could do that. I have an opinion. But, you know, honestly, you shouldn't listen to me. My opinion should be worthless to you. I don't know anything about engines. <laughs> you know, but I can give you an opinion. I can give you an opinion about what brand car I like best. Once again, I would suggest you not listen to me. <laughs> Why? Because I'm making things, my, my, my opinion based on 
you know, the color of the car or, or the, the way I like how it feels or whatever else, but not on anything that I really know about. And so it's really interesting in this day and age where people can have such quick access to saying what they think or what they feel. We have begun to put a premium on opinions on our own opinion in particular. And because of that, we're a confused nation. Mm. Because opinions really do not have any necessary correlation to truth. They, they may not even come from somebody who's educated in that area. And I could give you story after story of that. I mean, I, I work with doctors, different doctors and different persuasions. And, and as I do that, they each have different ideas about how they should treat me. Now, they're very educated. I'm not. And they're trying to have me choose one of them to listen to. Well, I told them both. I said, just choosing you has nothing to do with what's true. I said, if you think, like, you go home and pray, Dave chose me and I must be right, that's moronic. I, I have to choose one, but I don't know who's right. You guys need to work on that. So I think that in our culture, and I think if we could spend some time today talking about how we can try and clear some of the confusion, because I think in our culture, we're confused people because there's too many voices and all those voices are speaking all at once. And it's like, I am totally confused. I am trying to focus my two little eyes on about eight things. And then I'm wondering why I'm so dizzy. You know, it, it doesn't work. And I, I hope this program, we can spend some time talking about how to clear some things up and make it simple. All right. We're going to fire up the tweet back and hang out with you guys on Twitter tonight. Share your thoughts and be part of this conversation with us on Twitter. All you got to do, go to HopeNet360.com there on the homepage. You can log in through Twitter and chat with us there or just jump on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Mike Jewell, our guest tonight here on HopeNet Radio. And, of course, you, your voice. You can be a part of the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Guys, I want to introduce one more guest. We have another special guest in studio with us tonight. And her name is Amanda. Amanda is a former college student. Well, at least for now. I want to first just welcome you to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And so tell us a bit about what you're doing this summer. Uh, this summer, I am pursuing an internship with Crew. Um, that's a Christian organization on most college campuses. And right now, I am in the process of raising support for that internship. And hopefully, I will be returning back to UW-Eau Claire, where I graduated from, to intern with Crew and just try to touch the lives of students there um, with uh, Jesus Christ. So, Amanda, I understand, as we've known each other for a short amount of time, that you have a story. You have a story of faith and how you met Jesus, how you how your relationship with him has grown. Would you just share some of your story just off the bat tonight uh, with some of our listeners and just share about what God's done in your life? Sure, yeah, I can do that. Um, well, like I said, I recently graduated from UW-Eau Claire. Um, I am fairly new to the Christian community, um, but I'm not new to God. Um, he has been pursuing me since freshman year. And it's been kind of a cool process um, to see him pursue me and just kind of change my life a little bit and, you know, change our life in a positive way. And I'm so excited for that opportunity to be in a relationship now with Jesus Christ. Um, I accepted Christ uh, through a best friend of mine. She 
began sharing the gospel with me. Um, she saw that I was pretty broken. Um, you know, I was struggling, you know, in school. My grades started to slip, um, you know, and part of that was because I was struggling with, you know, drinking and I had purity struggles and, you know, kind of all that, you know, like a typical college student has and, you know, many teenagers have that you struggle in that area. And, you know, I thought that that's where I was going to find a lot of my hope and joy and relationships was, you know, through that way. Um, and it didn't turn out very positive. You know, I had a lot of broken friendships, a lot of broken relationships. And, you know, I wanted something more. And, you know, my best friend who was sharing the gospel with me, you know, I didn't really understand it. Um, you know, I grew up Catholic and I understood, you know, the basics of the Bible and the basics of who God was and what he had to offer. But I didn't understand that personal relationship with God. And, you know, as she shared the gospel with me, I was pretty closed off to it. I was like, I'm okay with where I'm at with, with my faith. And, you know, I'm okay with where you're at. You know, I don't want any more, you know, with a relationship with God. And after a while, we just kind of stopped talking about God and stopped talking about who he was. And, you know, I was still going out drinking and still kind of partying. Um, but after that, God started to pursue me a little bit more. He pursued me and changed the way I wanted was living. You know, he showed me that there was joy in other areas and that I didn't need to be drinking. I didn't need to be doing those other unhealthy habits. And after that, I could see clearly, you know, who God was and what he had to offer. And I was so excited, you know, to um, accept Christ and to have that relationship with God. Um, ever since then, you know, that was just last May, I accepted Christ. And, you know, it's only been just over a year, you know, that I've been a Christian and walking with the Lord daily. And it's been amazing. I've had so much joy and so much happiness. And, you know, I want everybody to experience that too. And that's why I decided to intern with Crew is I want to bring others into that relationship with God. And I want to show them that there is hope and that there is joy in God. And, you know, you can find happiness elsewhere. And, you know, as an intern, you know, that's kind of my role. I'll be sharing the gospel with students and I'll be helping those who might be struggling in the same areas that I struggled with, you know, as a college student. You know, I'm just recently graduated so I can reach those students and, you know, hopefully share the joy that I found in God. So you said you grew up Catholic. Mm -hmm. And was there ever a point like when you were living in college and kind of going through those purity struggles and and as you talked about the party and the life of that, did you ever feel like you knew the way to go and that maybe you were just kind of running or turning away from what was right? Yeah, and that's kind of, you know, I grew up Catholic, but I wasn't very active in the Catholic community. I wasn't participating in Catholic. But, you know, I knew it was always there. I knew, you know, that you're supposed to go to church on Sundays. You're supposed to, you know, read the Bible and have a relationship with God. But, you know, I wasn't pursuing it, um, partly because I didn't grow up continually going every Sunday. But, you know, I knew it was there, and I knew that, you know, God, you know, saved us from our sins and everything. But I just didn't really want to pursue it anymore at that time because I was seeking, you know, my joy somewhere else, you know, in the partying and stuff. So maybe this is a bit personal, but I'm just going to go for it anyway, so feel free to, to share or not share. What was that point of decision like for you when you made that decision to kind of cross over that line? Because I know from my own life, I don't change unless things are too painful to stay the same. So did you get to that point in your life? Or what, what brought about this change where you were like, 
I don't know, you know, the way that I'm living now. I mean, it's, yeah, part of it was a lack of happiness, but was there something more to it? What was that point of decision like for you? Well, that was kind of, you know, I was going to crew every single Thursday, you know, crew has meetings on Thursdays and I was going to crew every single Thursday and I really wasn't paying attention. And one story they shared at crew one night really hit me. It really just hit me that, you know, I didn't want to live that lifestyle anymore. I didn't want to go out drinking. I didn't want to go out partying. I didn't want to go to the bars and stuff. And it really just hit me, you know, a story that somebody shared with me that I was like, I didn't want to live that way anymore. I wanted to change. And that, that story hit me and I didn't go out anymore. I didn't want to party anymore. And, you know, I just would kind of have my friend there as accountability partner. And I was like, Hey, you know, I, there's a party this weekend. Like, what do I do? And she just was like, don't go. She's like, come hang out with me or something like that. And she really helped me to stay away from that. And, you know, it's, it is very tempting, you know, as a young adult, you definitely want to go to a party. You definitely want to have fun, but you know, there's other ways you can have fun too. And, you know, it's an emptiness. Sometimes I feel like the partying. What was your idea of God before you understood his love and, and really put your trust in Christ? What was your concept of God? What, what did you think he was? I just thought God was somebody there that, you know, saved us from our sins and, you know, died on the cross for us. And, you know, that he was someone that offered us eternal life. Um, you know, that's kind of what I thought, um, who God was and that. So your mind was more in like the future and, and, and not like in today. Yes. Yeah. Like God was somebody there for your future, but not necessarily for you to live with today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think every one of us has a story. I know every one of us has a story. You know, how the story usually intersects with something where I know, you know, I realize that, you know, I've made mistakes in my life. I've made mistakes in my past and I'm not proud of them. And yet there was a point where God had to get a hold of my heart. And it's oftentimes it's through, whether it's painful situations, it could be through like you're talking about just a, an overall feeling of emptiness and just not feeling like you're, you're really whole inside. And there are so many of us, many that have messaged in or have written in that have experienced that same thing that I've talked to over the years. And I'm sure Dave and Mike, you guys have, have talked about that as well. People were wired for relationships. And we talk about on the show all the time, we're wired for relationship with other people and we're wired for relationship with God. And when one of those is out of sync, it, it brings some dysfunction into our life. And Mike, I, I want to hear from you in the next segment, just talking about some of the relational integrity stuff. I mean, life is complicated. Relationships are complicated, but it doesn't really have to be that way. I just think, and Dave, you, you say this all the time, we make it more complicated. So guys, when we come back, I want to talk about life as it were in Christ and some of the confusion that we're experiencing today and what we're seeing. Is there any clarity? Can we, can we have clarity in our life? And like you talked about, Dave, does God actually intersect in my real life? Is it just future or does it matter about the here and now? So we're going to talk about that when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Our live coaches are available right now if you want to chat with someone about life, about struggles, about stuff, just like what Amanda was talking about. And you want to just talk about that with someone right now. There are live coaches on our website, HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio and Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. 
Hey, welcome back to the show. Join us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB. You can also send us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. That is okay. We do allow for email. Share your story with us tonight here on the show. Jeff, DW, Mike Jewell, and Amanda joining us here on the show tonight. And guys, as we've been talking about Amanda sharing her story, I can I can relate with some of the things, you know, just overall a feeling of emptiness and and sometimes life just gets confusing. As a 20-something, I remember, and I'm in my 30s now, but I still deal with this where I think I know the way I'm supposed to go. I think I know what I'm supposed to do. And yet there is, there's always something in my life that I feel confused about. And one of those things I mentioned, Dave, is that, you know, I just don't know why, whether it's the Bears or the Lions, maybe even the Vikings, I'm not even sure why they show up yeah. for the next season, for, even for training camp. It's like, guys, you know, I think now it's just time to just hang it up. I mean, the the NFC North is just... That's right. Yeah, this is this is our, our stomping grounds here, so I just don't get it. Yeah, maybe they should all take up chess. They should. They should take up... <laughs> or something that they might excel at. They yeah. might do better with that. I mean, you can find a position for cornerbacks, just turn them into rooks, you know. It just, to me... <laughs> You know, that, that it makes more sense if they just spent their time doing that. I mean, th- that's kind of the confusion that I have. In you my must life. have read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I bet you did. Anyway. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's a Packer fan. They are. Everybody, you know this. Deep down, deep down, they are. Yes. You know, here, here's the deal, though, Jeff. You, you mentioned a, a football game, whatever. What I find is that people are very confused when they get things um, out of perspective. Many people have turned God into something for the future. You know, when they die, et cetera. And that's true. But the problem is that that God talks about us in a relationship, not just for the future, but he talks about us in a relationship. Uh, He says that, you know, he came to do what? To to keep us from hell? That's not what he said. He said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. So right now, in the middle of all the garbage of life and all the sin of life, God came here to give us life and life abundantly. And that's what we have to understand. I think what Amanda was, was talking about is she had, like so many people at some point, you have this ticket mentality. There is a God. He does want me in heaven. But they're thinking futuristic only. And so, so they really don't have the, the, the right perspective on things. And that's important to see. It's kind of like, you know, Mike, I'm thinking that you're in, you, you specialize in relationships and in, in relational integrity. It's kind of like I think some people... The institution of church blocks who God is. Oh, yes. The institution of marriage sometimes blocks relationships. Yeah. You know, I mean, before marriage, you're actually pursuing a relationship and doing that kind of thing, and then the marriage comes in, and then it blocks the relationship and that kind of thing. And, and I think we have to be careful because we could get all out of whack here because the basic, simple truth is we need to have a relationship with God mm-hmm. and with each other and not a religion with God for some other time and not a relationship with others for some other time. Well, just look at the examples that you just gave. I mean, you look at uh, marriage, and you have all this fun pursuing the marriage and getting up to the point of getting married, and then all these people come in and say, now here's what you have to do. You must do this. You must do that. Look at religion the same way. You come into a religion. Here's here's the list of things you must do. You must do, you must do, you must do. Uh, Look, we just talked about the Packard and Bear fans. You know, I mean... I classify myself as a Packer fan. Yeah. That that's, that's, goes right to the core of, a, of identity of who I am in Wisconsin. And you sit back and you look at those things, and the thing that's missing, it's not what you do. 
It's not, you know, all of a sudden, and that's where the confusion comes in. Yep. I got to, I got to fulfill all these opinions of everyone of what I should be doing to be a good Christian, to have a good marriage. It's all about who you are. And Jesus came when he said that, when he, when you said uh, he came to give life and give it abundantly, he came because he says he just wants to be with you. All right. That's, that's it. That's simple. He's going to give you the life. He's got a promise for you that you are. And we talked about last time, you are acceptable. Right. To him. Uh, so what, what does it mean if you don't fulfill someone's opinion in church of what you should be doing, but you're still acceptable to him? Right. Yeah, I'm not talking about sin now, but I'm talking about, uh, I'm just talking about opinions. Yeah. And, uh, he, you know, he wants you to be secure. You know, he, he wants you to be significant. You get great things planned for him. Look at Amanda. He has great things planned for her. Yeah. And the things that he's going to be doing in her life and affecting other people's lives, I mean, he's going to sit there and says, Amanda, I just want to be with you. Yeah. I just want to walk through you through this process with you. And he'll, she'll have all kinds of people telling her what to do and what not to do. And But those are opinions. Yeah. It's really at the gut he's going to place in her heart a desire that he'll want her to follow through on. And as she follows through, her relationship with him will grow deeper and deeper. And it's a wonderful thing to look at. Yep. So the rules of life uh, can be so confusing to everybody. And all it really comes down to is, what has Jesus said? Yep. You're mine. Yeah. Mm. The I, ticket mentality doesn't work. Uh, I mean, it, it's it doesn't work. It's not there. Hey, Amanda, if I, if I were to just throw some advice to you as an old guy, I would say, you know, the most important thing you can do as a young lady that came to Christ is learn to enjoy God. I mean, that's it's that simple. Learn to enjoy yeah. him. It, it, it's something that you were made to do. And the more that you enjoy God, the more that you will enjoy life. And it's, it's pretty, it's a simple thing. Uh, we make it way too complicated with rules, regulations, religion, um, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I just encourage you, enjoy God. Yeah, I think it comes back to, uh, you know, eventually where do you place your identity? I can put my identity mm. and my whole focus and purpose in life around being a Packer fan. You know, it doesn't lead me very much at the end because the Packers will lose someday, and uh, I could be devastated out of that. So why would I hook my, my wagon to that concept where Jesus is just sitting back and says, hey, your identity is with me. I, I'm the one that, that tells you who you are. I'm the one that loves you. I'm the one that forgives you. I'm the one that shows mercy and grace to you. I'm the one that, that provides all of those daily needs and about who you are as a person. And then you can step out in the midst of that, and no matter what circumstance from life that comes to you or that you've been through in the past, you can sit back and say, I'm going to let Jesus tell me who I am. I'm going to live in him, and he will define who I am. Oh, the power in that is just immense, just immense. And nothing in life can keep you, uh, keep you down if you uh, just live, live for him. Amanda, it's, I think it's interesting, as you were talking about just the feeling of overall emptiness and the questions. I, I kind of think, too, as, as we were talking, the confusion of life sometimes gets overwhelming. And this is something, as, I, as I'm hearing us, we're all talking about this confusion, you know, being confused about, we joke about the Bear fan. That if you're one of those fans, we still love you. We still care about you. We still know that there's hope for your life. But the reality is there are things that, there are greater things that confuse us in our life. There are things that um, that just, you know, we don't understand. I don't know if you got to that place in your life where it was just this confusion, but I know in my life, every single time that I feel like I'm getting off the path and into that, that life, that thinking where I don't quite understand or how to process this, as we're talking tonight, the confusion part of it, no, no, none of us really talk about what confuses us. 
Usually we're talking about stuff that we're pretty certain about or that we have a strong opinion on. But rarely does anybody talk about something they're really confused about in normal conversation. Do you find this in your life? Yeah, definitely. I, You know, that's kind of how I came to Christ, too. I was like, like my friend asked me, why are you going out? Why are you doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, why not? You know, and I, I was just confused, too, about the whole God thing and that whole relationship type thing. And so there's a lot of confusion and a lot of just not really understanding a lot of things. And, you know, there was so much clarity, you know, once I let God into my life and once I continued to read the Bible and pursued him more, there was so much clarity in that. And I could see, you know, the joy of, you know, turning away from those other confusions and just seeking him and finding truth in his word. Yeah, that to me, that is right where my heart is when you when you decide to follow Christ. And it's every... Every part along the journey, just because you make a decision to follow Christ does not mean you'll never be confused again. But I guarantee you every single time that I've gone to a situation where I've been like, Dave, we talk about that we're entering a new season of life and there is a lot of uncertainties, things that we just never experienced before. If we're doing it with Jesus, it, it suddenly there's a clarity that comes with that versus if we're trying to do it in our own strength, in our own ways that our methods eventually fall apart. They fail us. They you know, we had some good intentions, but good intentions, you know, can still lead to lives of misery and failure and, and all that. And and so this is something that as we involve our lives with Christ, things just become clear. And I want to talk about that. Hebrews chapter 6 talks about this anchor for our soul, hope as an anchor for our soul. And something, Dave, that I think needs to be addressed in the confusion is how do we actually find clarity? Can we be certain about anything in this life? That's one of the big questions today from a philosophical sense is any, is there anything that's actually certain in our life? So in the second half of HopeNet Radio, we're going to talk about this. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the tweet back tonight on the show. Use the hashtag HNRTB if you're hanging out with us on Twitter. And this conversation will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad you've joined us this week for the show. If you miss any part of this conversation tonight, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Just visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. That link again, HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Jeff, DW, we've got Mike Jewell sitting down with us tonight here on the show. And we've got another special guest, Amanda, who is interning with Crew this summer. Guys, interesting conversation. And during the last break, we were just kind of talking about some ways that cultural things are confusing for some of us. Now, I'll share an example. This is not this isn't not a not PC kind of a thing. Uh, I was talking to a family friend of mine just a week ago and she was kind of sharing this story and my wife was kind of telling her about another thing that happened recently. Um she had met up or someone uh that had noticed our two boys had blonde hair and blue eyes. This gal was Korean and and she was really really impressed, I guess, that there were blonde hair, blue eye boys. Like that was to them that was like a big deal. And one of the things that confuses me is why there are certain traits that are in some cultures, like for me, I have blonde hair and I have blue eyes. 
but people that are from Korea. I've never met a person who was full blood Korean with blonde hair and blue eyes. And according to their culture, they're very much, uh, my family friend is, is Korean and that's kind of a big deal in their culture. Like they don't see blonde hair and blue eyes. So that to me is like, it's confusing in other cultures and based on genetics, why like certain people exhibit certain traits and other people don't, you know, you can also talk about some of the stuff, Amanda, you were sharing about how life for you, kind of that partying thing. There's kind of this, this thought out there that some people are more predisposed to uh, alcoholism and addiction, uh, certain addictive behaviors and addictive habits just based on genetics. So to me, that's like, it's a different discussion, but I like some of the sciencey kind of thing too, that like, even in our world, we're trying to understand things that we don't see a complete picture on. And so for some of us, Dave, we're thinking, is there anything that we, we can actually be certain about? Because the science could change later on. Like our understanding of science could change eventually. So how can you actually be certain even about this God thing, even about these relationship things? They're subject to change, aren't they? Oh, man, you got to be very careful because here's what we know for sure. I can stand here today and tell you everything I know about a a certain uh, object, like a computer. I can say, here's everything today that we know about a computer. And you can ask me, all right, when you first started at Silver Birch Ranch, what were your computers like? And I would tell you, we didn't have one. We had an IBM typewriter Hmm. with a little ball on it that you changed, and that was pretty cool. Wow. And then we got, you know, a a computer. And if you had one, you know, megabyte of memory, you were fortunate, uh, much less a gigabyte of anything. (laughs) Wow. And, And so people would look at me and say, oh, man, that was back then. It was pretty slow. Yeah, I grew up where we didn't have cell phones. You had to answer a phone with a cord on it. In fact, when we came to Silver Birch Ranch the first in 1981, we still had to tell the operator our number so that they could bill us. <sighs> so we would make a call, and they would say, number, please, and we would tell them our number so that we could get a bill. And I, I used to love it because I could call from any phone and get my, my home phone billed. Huh. So I wouldn't have to carry money or anything because they'd say your number. I'd tell them my home number. They'd bill that one. and. And that would be the way life went. So, or, or I tell kids that, I, that when I used to leave the house when I was a kid, my mom would make sure I had a nickel or a dime so I could make a phone call. Hmm. And they would say, well, how do you make a phone call with a dime? Well, you had to use it for a pay phone. I mean, that's how it used to be. So what we do is we look back on history. We look at those people and we say, man, were they naive? Were they silly? I mean, these people didn't really get it. Now, this many years later, we think we got it. Here, here's what I want to suggest. And, and Mike, you, you know, you, you've been around looking at things for a while. And here's what I'm suggesting, that 50 years from now, people are going to look at the technology I'm using today and laugh at it and say they were naive and simple. Yes. And, and, and yet right yes. today, I feel like I'm so sophisticated. <laughs> and, and back then, when we were answering phones, I remember when an answering machine became available. You know, they had cassette tapes in the answer machine, and you get it, and you go, whoa, I don't even need to be home anymore. <laughs> People will call, I'll get their message, and I can just hit this button and listen to it when I get home. Yep. And then they went tapeless. I thought, what will be next? Right. This is incredible. And I can even hit a button from on the road and listen to my messages. I thought, this world is just getting so sophisticated, I'll never keep up with it. Now look at today. I mean, my head spins with what's out there. I'm talking on the radio today. I have a a 12.6-inch iPad Pro on my right. I have a Mac computer in front of me that's loaded to the gill. And we're we're communicating over, over, you know, wires to play. It's amazing to me 
to think that 50 years from now they're going to look at this and consider it simple? Well, <laughs> uh, look, look how uh, seductive that is. I mean, when you look at it from a relational standpoint and you come in, you start putting your, your trust in the electronics, in, in the gadgets and everything else that you have, and pretty soon, you know, it's all in the text or it's all, and you try to conduct relationships through those different means. Yeah. And, um, and all of a sudden you wonder, you get confused. Yeah. Why, why doesn't uh, so-and-so respond to my text? Right. Or why did they say that in my text? Well, they there, must be upset with me. how many likes did I have or something? Right. They must be upset with me or something's changing here. So, and all these wrong assumptions are coming into your head. And all of a sudden, you're being defined by the way your electronics work. Mm. And, uh, and there's, there's nothing that, and I'll, I know I'm an old guy, but there's nothing that can prevent us from going back to the basics of just saying, sitting down one-on-one, face-to-face, and saying, I care about you. So what doesn't change? I mean, in life, if there's going to be stability, I mean, stability from when Abraham Lincoln was alive, when George Washington was alive. What hasn't changed that would allow us to continue to have stability in life? I mean, what is it that hasn't changed? Because almost everything in life seems to have changed. So if I want to find something I can really sink my teeth into, what is it that will never change and has not changed up till now? God's promises for us. There you I go. mean, through Christ. I mean, Christ has done it all for us. He tells me who I am. Thus... That'll, the, that text that came back that sounded a little snarky from yeah. a buddy of mine, well, I, I can just dismiss it yeah. because he, my buddy doesn't have any right to define who I am. Mm. I've already been defined. Yeah, right. I've already been told who I am. So focusing on what doesn't change well, is what we have to do. And, right. and really, there's so little that doesn't change. I mean, it's only God. Right. And his and, love. And his love. It's only, it's only God and who he is. And the idea that Jesus said, the, the, the thing in life that's important is you love the Lord your God or obey him and love each other. See, yeah. that has not changed right. through all of the years. But there's where the life abundance comes from that we talked about earlier. I mean, that abundant life that you're looking for, that everyone's out there looking for. They want the happiness. You know, Amanda talked about the party lifestyle and those types of things. She thought that was going to bring happiness down the road. But no, here you've got Christ uh, coming back and saying, no, the happiness is found in me and what I provide for you, the promises that I have. Um, you know, so it, that is where the power in life is at. And uh, that means that all the circumstances that come at me, Satan wants to redefine me. He wants to tell me I'm, that I'm someone else other than I am. Mm. And uh, I gotta, you got to fight that. You can't let that desire come into your heart. you got to push, push that off. Yeah, and if you pursue things that are going to change and hope they don't change, then you're going to be one messed up individual and confused. Yes. Yeah, you know, guys, another thing that's really interesting that's happening in our culture, too, there's another story that just came out. We want to talk about this, get your thoughts on, on this article that was in a, I think it's in a London publication, talking about dads. And I know we keep coming back to this. It keeps coming up in our conversations. But I think when we talk about certainty in, in this passage in Hebrews, there's a verse in Hebrews 6.19 that talks about how hope is an anchor for our soul. That, like, we have to have this anchoring point. And dads and even parents, I'll just say parents in general, provide that anchor. But even in that, as parents, those who are listening, if you're a parent tonight and you're listening to the show, we have to have anchors in our life where we're anchored to something, we're anchored to truth. And our limited knowledge, I mean, we're human, we're not fully going to understand this stuff, but I think it's really time to understand what we can be certain of in our life, more so than the confusion, because confusion 
abounds. It doesn't, it, it really, there's a lot of things that we can get confused about in our life today. And you can't focus necessarily on the confusion, but you do need a solution for it. And that is to have clarity, to have an anchor for your soul, your very soul, the processing part of yourself. So we're going to talk about this when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Also, in this conversation, we'd love to hear your voice. Make your voice known to our show tonight, this episode. You can join us on the tweet back tonight. Just use the hashtag HNRTB. If you're hanging out with us on Twitter, you can also send us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. Confusion abounds today. There's a lot of confusion out there about pretty much anything. There's nothing that you know we could talk about that you could not be confused about a certain part on in life. The thing is, we don't oftentimes, guys, talk about confusion as it were none of us say you know we don't wear it as a badge of honor and, and we walk around saying you know what really confuses me you know i i know there are some people that that's like their starting conversation like hey yeah you know what really confuses me like why do the bears continue to try to throw touchdowns they know they can't do this i mean there's just things that you know we just we can talk about that you know, we just get confused about. But in reality, there are some certain things that we can really be certain about, right, Dave? I mean, we talk about things on this show and relationships and and that we can be certain that people will hurt us. We can be certain about uh, people that can let us down. We can be certain about money will eventually run out. We can be certain about, you know, gravity taking effect as I, you know, sit in this chair today. Like, I know if it weren't for gravity, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair, right? There are some things that we can be certain about in life. Yeah. And so tonight, DW, Mike Jewell, and we've got Amanda here on the show. Guys, I'd love to hear your thoughts about bringing some clarity to the confusion today. You know, 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty three says, God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. There's nothing confusing about the universe. The way it operates, the way things happen, they're very steady. You can set your watch by it. In fact, we do set our watch by it because it is so precise. There's nothing confusing about God. There is a God. None of us are him. And we have to understand that. You go back to the beginning and start at the beginning. I have found in life, if I can just focus on the couple things that actually work, everything else takes care of itself. In my marriage, for example, I can have a great marriage. And when I don't, it's because I'm usually being self-centered, self-absorbed, something about me that's not right. I can fix that. Hmm. Once I fix that, my marriage gets better again. Now, you could say, well, you need to have this method or that method. I tell you, you start focusing on methods and relationships. Mike, have you found this out? If you focus on methods, for example, let's say I told you, you know, or you told me that, okay, you, you messed up, you, uh, you know, you, you messed something up that your wife did, so bring her flowers. That's not how I fix things in my house. If I brought her flowers, that would mean nothing to her <laughs> because flowers don't fix it. Now, to somebody, that might be important. But when you just focus on a method and say, okay, I did this, it's somehow, even in my male mentality, I want to say, oh, I just did this, so everything's fine now. No, the, the truth is I need to alter my behavior if I want to have a better relationship. And, and the reason my behavior wasn't good was because I was so absorbed with myself. See, to me, problems in life always go back to 
I am forgetting who God is, I am making myself God, and I am absorbed with myself. And if I can get away from that, I begin to realize there is a God, I'm not him, and I need to be absorbed with the best for others. Now all of a sudden, I'm where I belong, and that will never change. I don't care what else in life changes, that won't change. Yeah, there's something that mm-hmm. at the beginning of that, of that discussion with your, let, use your, use marriage as an example, there was damage that was done to the relationship. That's why there's a separation. Right. Okay, that's why you pulled away something, damage was done. Okay, and to restore that and bring clarity back to that, it's not, uh, giving a gift can be nice, but <clears throat> that's not going to restore the clarity because the person that you damaged is going to sit there and wonder, what are you thinking? Right. Am I doing something wrong? Now you as a, and uh, us male figures, I and mean, we have the power, I mean, within us to identify our children, but when it comes to our marriages, we also identify our spouses. Yeah. And we can sit back and we got to go back and tell them who they are. Yeah. And uh, and how much you love them. But that's where it but gets confusing. confusing. Yeah, I mean, in a way, in the worldly message yeah. is is just fix it by doing X, Y, Z. Just like a Christian, just fix exactly. your relationship with God by doing X, Y, Z. The truth is you need to reform your behavior. Correct. The behavior reforms only when you believe, because you're believing the lie, that you needed to take something from your spouse. Right. And you damaged her in the process of doing that. So the lie is with you. It's not with the spouse. Now, would that go with it's God, with too? I take something from you God. You bet. You want to take, you want to take. And the, and, the, and the beauty of the relationship is relationships are always giving. God gave you everything that, he, that he's desired for right. you to have. It was, it's just given. You did yeah. nothing for it. I mean, he paid the penalty of sin, so that's done with. So I'd be confused. If, I, if I'm in a relationship and, and it's all about me. So let's say I'm a guy out there and I want to get married. And I'm thinking, yeah, I need to get married for me. Right, exactly wrong. Now, I'm in trouble <laughs> down you want, the road. You want to get married because you want to give life into your spouse. Whoa, we you, have to have a program on that. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, that's where it's at. I mean, yeah. you gotta, Because that's confusing to people. I mean, yeah. they get married to meet their own needs, and when their needs aren't met, they get mad yeah. and et cetera, and now they're confused. They're confused about life. They're confused about love. They're confused. Well, because you made it about you and nothing in the universe is, ma- is about you. We need to get in sync with the whole universe, which is about God. But it's, it's, well, look what Christ has given you. Right. I mean, you don't own that. Right. You, you don't have that. I mean, he's given it to you. He wants you to give it away. Absolutely. He wants you to give it away. And that's the, that's the secret to relationships as you come down to it is that the, you got to go after the damage. Mm. Yep. Find out where the damage was at. What, what, is, what is your spouse feeling? But then your behavior changes because, okay, I'm going to go back, change the way I behaved because I, I desired something. That's why I behaved the way I behaved. Yeah. And the confusion that, is cleared up when I when I take right. responsibility for being the one that made it confusing. Exactly, because that desire was based on a lie yeah. that Satan had me convinced of that I needed to take something from my wife and uh, instead of believing that. Or, or in general from God. Yeah, right. Because God uses marriage as an example all the time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so guys, this article that was in the Telegraph just this last week, uh, it's talking about this guy named Warren Farrell. He is a pioneering men's activist. And this is an article. It's, it's not in a Christian publication at all. But this guy, he's a mentor. He once coached John Lennon. And he gave a speech yesterday at the Male Psychology Conference in London. And here's what Farrell believes in talking about men and especially fathers. He believes that modern society is being tangibly eroded by dad deprivation through increased relationship breakdown, family courts that favor mothers and fathers denied access to their children after separation. And he points out that in every one of the largest 70 developed nations, boys have fallen behind girls, and what they have in common, Farrell says, is divorced. 
And one of the quotes that Farrell says is the dad deprived boys are less likely to display empathy, be less assertive, depressed, have nightmares, talk back and be disobedient. Now, this isn't anything new. We've talked about this on the show. We've talked about even how some of the trends are that fathers are becoming more involved in their kids' lives, but this is still something. This is, again, just a recent, there's a video of him doing a TED Talk, um, and this this message is still out there. There are still There's still a breakdown in dad's life, and it's bringing about what is called this boy crisis. And, I mean, guys, when we talk about relationships, and, and Mike, especially as you talked about being damaged, one of the things that damages us, as it were, is a breakdown in significant relationships in our life. Oh, yes. I look back at, uh, I'll give you an example. I was working with a pastor once, and we were talking, just talking about his problems in life and the things that he was struggling with uh, in his heart. And it came down to the point of, uh, of uh, his parents were divorced. And I realized through our discussion, I just so uh, was the divorce your fault? And he stops and he says, yes, there's the lie. And look how that divorce did to him because he believed that it was his fault. If I would have been a better kid, if I would have done things differently, uh, there's something I could have done to save the marriage. And to work him through the process of saying, that was a lie Satan put in your heart. That's not what happened. So that is, uh, that's just an example. Uh, power of a dad. It's, it's unbelievable what's there. Hmm. Amanda, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it's really cool. Um, you know, the whole thing of, you know, lacking in a dad, um, it's kind of cool that we have a father figure in God, um, you know, and so that father figure in God is something that you can always look for and look for for help or look for for love and care. Um, and, you know, I think that's a role as a dad, too, that, you know, that somebody wants that for themselves, too, that relationship with their dad, you know, that love and that hope also. And, um, you know, it's so cool that, you know, God acts, you know, as a father also in that situation. Yeah, it is. Thanks for coming on the show and being with us tonight. And we've got some links and we'll post a picture there of you on our website, hopenet360.com. But thanks for being a part of the conversation with us tonight. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break here on the show. Check us out on the tweet back right now. And this conversation will continue on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. As we wrap up things tonight, check out the show notes on our website, HopeNet360.com. We've got some links there. We've got some videos, some of the things we've talked about here on the show, and some of your tweets, some of our tweets, things that you can retweet on the tweet back. So use the hashtag HNRTV. Be a part of this conversation with us tonight. Get your thoughts in on the conversation we've had about really what it's turned into is really understanding how to have clarity in the midst of confusing times. And as we're in the break, we're kind of talking about this 20 something problem or crisis, as it were, is the not understanding our true identity. And in this article, as I read through it, we'll post this link in our show notes tonight uh, from The Telegraph. It's talking about this guy named Warren Farrell, and he is an advocate for dads. He's a, a guy that has done research on fathers, he's done research on men, and he's, he's really interested and passionate about the role, not necessarily from a Christian standpoint, but he's interested in the role of men in the lives of young people. And just how important that truly is, it, it impacts you not just in your current situation, so maybe you're a young person and you're growing up in a home and 
and things aren't like they would be in quote unquote a normal family with, you know, a mom and a dad married relationship. Maybe things are a different, it's a different setup entirely for your family. And the importance that dads bring in the family to providing stability. One of the things that Warren says is that boys that are, that are deprived of dads are less likely to display empathy. They're less likely to be assertive. They're more depressed. They have nightmares and they talk back and they're disobedient. And I'm thinking, you know, that kind of says something about the role of dads and kind of the personality, what, what dads are actually good for. Because I think as a dad, sometimes the question comes in where the enemy likes to bring in doubt is really what, what are you to your kids? Your kids were birthed of your wife. I mean, this is something, the relationship is different there. So, you know, in a society that's constantly telling us and whether it's through media or it's through our, you know, our music, our television, that dads aren't that important. The research, though, is showing that dads are critically important in this and that they actually have, you know, not only an effect on the home and bringing in income like we normally kind of joke about that dads are, they just provide a paycheck. No, dads are more than that. They, they provide some emotional stability and they provide mental stability and they also help kids, you know, adjust in school and, and in their education. They tend to do better on some of those scores. So I just think there's something more to this that I think is worth unpacking and talking about, guys, as we're wrapping up the show tonight. How do you guys see this, you know, as far as the confusion goes and, and some of the ways that dads and, and men in general, father figures, can provide some stability in the midst of a confusing world? You know, one thing uh, that I see in, <clears throat> in the scriptures is that the father defines who you are. And uh, when you look at the identity of a person, it's always rooted back into what the father said he was. Now, you've got a father that could be abusive and cause that, that child to be misidentified. But then you, you can also have fathers that are loving and care for. Like Amanda said before, you know, God is our father and he loves and cares for us. A reporter once asked Burt Reynolds, uh, you know, a question, when does a boy become a man? And Burt responded and said, when his father tells him so. Mm. And there's so much truth to that. Yeah, There's great power in a father's uh, affirmation and acceptance and security that he gives the family. Those children living under a father that is telling them who they are and he's basing that on what Christ says he is, then that changes everything in the life of that, of that child. He can become assertive in a positive way, standing up for, the, for truth, standing up for principles. His character is defined, and the values are placed in godly values of acceptance, uh, you know, security, significance, of love. All those things are placed. So the power that a father has is so important to what uh, uh, society is. And most of the ills of society today, you could probably, you know, track back to the lack of a father. It's sad. It's sad. My heart breaks as I work with young men sometimes trying to figure all this out. And most of the time, young men come from uh, a family that's been broken. Dad was not there to tell them uh, who they were. Yeah, you know, we don't want to leave the single moms uh, feeling like there's no hope for their kids. In fact, uh, one of the things that we want to do, if you're a dad and you're listening today, we we really want to encourage you to be very active in your your child's life in a very positive way. The best thing you can do is know your Heavenly Father and obey Him. And for moms, you know, that's why God invented the church, I think. There's got to be other men role models that you can allow your sons to be a part of. They they need to be with men, and they need to see men, and they need to interact with men. And uh, I know so many young people that basically through the years, 
if you want to call it. I be, I became their uh, kind of surrogate father in a way where you would just believe in them. I, I have never seen such powerful results in my life, honestly, uh, as uh, taking on a young man who doesn't have a, a, a real influencing dad in their life and becoming that influencing older guy in their life. And I yeah. see results from that. And they see results from that. And and you know what? I've even talked to them later, and they've been upset about, you know, I grew up without a dad or whatever. And I've sat them down. I've said, look, at, in your life, God has supplied you with six different dads now. Because, uh, you know, look at what God has given you. And and so I, I think there's great hope, but there's not hope apart from us as a body working together as couples understanding their role and their different role. I mean, men and women are different and there's a different role. And I think we need to understand that. And, and perhaps Jeff will have to have some programs on, um, you know, how the confusion of roles and the confusion of of family is affecting the next generation and it doesn't need to be confusing it can be very simple and it should be and we need to step up to the plate and start acknowledging the things that are simple that really drive away the confusion rather than the complex which just adds to the confusion yeah i think the one thing that brings more confusion in our life is as soon as we begin to begin to trust the words of people and and this can go many different ways, but if you really want clarity in your life, you have to answer that question of who is God. I mean, really, ask that question. If you have not come to a conclusion on that, that's where you need to start. And we've talked about this many a time on the show. If you get that part understood, things in life will become much clearer because when you define and you understand who God really is and you have a definition for who he is and his role in your life, you can begin to plan your life in a way that organizes itself underneath his leadership. And if you have that wrong, if you you know have your own idea of who God is, that's still going to bring confusion in your life. So it's really important that you get that first question right. And then from there, it's asking, how do I fit into God's plan? Because ultimately, God has a plan for this world. If we're not lining our lives up and we're not living in a way that reflects that or even acknowledges that, we're going to be living in a state of confusion. And no, that's not one of the 50 states or 52 states, whatever you want to look at. It's it's actually just that matter of we need to live in a right living lifestyle. And, and it's it has to do with knowing God, loving him, honoring him. And then from there, everything else flows. But without it, we're going to live in confusion. We're going to live in chaos. We're going to live in, in broken relationships. And then guess what? We get to be parents and we get to go out and, and influence the lives of other people. And we're going to take whatever truth we understand is true, and we're going to use that for better or for worse in the life of somebody else. So it's really important that we understand where clarity comes from. And I want to encourage you, go and chat with a live coach. If you have any questions about that, they would like to help walk you through those steps of really knowing who God is tonight and living in a way that is right, that honors him, and that then honors those who are around you. So... For us, that's the end of the show and the conversation, but hopefully it gives you something to talk about this week with those you're around. We hope that this show encourages you in those conversations. And if you need more information, we have show notes available on our website, hopenet360.com. You can download these and past episodes for free by subscribing to our podcast at hopenet360.com slash podcast. 
The live Twitter chat is going on 24-7. You can be part of the tweet back at any time. Just visit HopeNet360.com or use the hashtag HNRTV. You can also follow HopeNet360 on most major social media platforms. And if you want to connect with us, our website once again, HopeNet360.com. From all of us here on HopeNet Radio, make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.